When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. The opening practice running for the returning Turkish Grand Prix took place today at the Istanbul Park track and the action from FP1 and FP2 is the subject of our latest bite-sized podcast. Now, as I work on my usual Friday feature based on the action from today that you can read later on tonight on autosport.com plus, I'm going to hand over again to my colleagues, Autosport's technical editor, Jake Boxall-Legg and Jonathan Noble, F1 editor at motorsport.com, who will guide you through all the big talking points of the day's F1 action in Turkey. Over to you, Jake and John. Thank you very much, Alex. And yes, there was a lot of excitement at the news. Formula One was to return to Turkey this year to race at the Istanbul Park circuit. But the four, the two free practice sessions on the circuit's return to the calendar have been a little bit off kilter, let's say, as the circuit was as slippery as a slippery thing all day long and gave the drivers quite a challenge to contend with throughout. Uh, Max Verstappen, of course, headed both sessions, but reading into the Times is perhaps a little bit of a fool's errand, as we'll explain later. So for this podcast, I'm joined by motorsport.com F1 editor John Noble to make sense of it all. John, it's been a very, very strange day of practice. So how have we, how have we ended up in this situation? Um, track resurfacing, basically. Um, watching, I mean, watching FP1 particularly this morning, it was like watching uh, someone had played a computer game and had turned track grip down to zero uh, on really, really hard tyres. Or they turned the rain on, but the graphics, there'd been a graphics glitch uh, and the rain hadn't come <laughs> down because it was, it was incredible. Just absolutely zero grip. Um, they were sideways around all the corners. They were just getting up into fifth gear around turn eight, which... The drivers had boasted yesterday about, oh, we'll be flat through there on our first first lap out of the pits. Um, it was crazy. So um, basically caused by resurfacing done recently. I think as recent as two weeks ago, um, they resurfaced it. And then what happens when you, you lay down a new 
asphalt surfaces, it needs time to cure. So all the oils and bitumen it comes to the surface and then you clean that away and then the, the grip should be there. So I'm not sure <clears throat> that has happened. So basically, first cars out on the very oily track today um, were the F1 cars. I mean, it got slowly better, but I think we're in a in a worse situation than we were at Portimao a few weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. And well, that we could see in FP1 particularly the sort of little patches of wet bits where they tried to wash some of it away and it hadn't quite worked. Uh, to illustrate just how slippery it was, uh, Max Verstappen's fastest time in FP1 was about 10 seconds off of Sebastian Vettel's pole time in 2011. And it, it improved a little bit by FP2 and Verstappen was again at the top of the charts. And he was only about three seconds off of that time from Vettel. But we've still got quite a way to go, haven't we? Yeah, so, I mean, today was three seconds off um, pole position time, which you think, oh, that's not too bad. But then you've got to remember how much quicker the current cars are compared to 2011. Um, I looked at some stats a few minutes ago. Um, so there's quite, only a few tracks have got the same configuration, um, and we've been in 2011, but the Nürburgring is one example. So back in 2011, pole there was 1 minute 30.0. Um, pole position this year, 1 minute 25.2. So the cars, in theory, should be around five seconds a lap quicker. So the fact we're three seconds a lap slower, I think highlights just how far off we are at the moment. We've got another eight seconds to to find on that basis. So, of course, it is difficult to read into the times, but Red Bull looked probably the happiest out there. Uh, Verstappen and Albon had a 1-2 in FP1, and both in the top five in FP2 with Leclerc and the two Mercedes. But, John, you mentioned Portimao a little bit earlier, and if this doesn't improve if we still get through pre-practice three and qualifying and it's only a little bit sort of better can we sort of expect to start similar to Portimao when it when it comes to lights out I'd have thought it could could be the start and could be the entire race if if the track characteristics are worse than they were at Portimao which drivers said today um then it's very very likely but I think the other factor we've got to take into account here is Prelli came here with the three hardest uh compounds of tyres so they were concerned about the Super high loads, especially through turn eight. Um, so they, they went quite conservative with their choice here, um, which has actually proved to now push them out the range. So we heard on the radio this morning, Valtteri was told his tyres were 20 degrees too cold. Um, so basically they're not working at all, so there's no grip. So Lewis said tonight that the hard tyre, you can forget it, it's not working at all. The medium tyres, borderline, but pretty useless. And even the soft tyre is kind of on the edge. So... What could happen is it could be a worse situation than Portimao in that only one compound is properly going to work. Um, and then the difficulty will come when they switch onto compound that they, they can't get turned on at all. So we, we may see things seem to settle down in final through practice or qualifying uh, and even the first stint of the race. Um, the question is then what happens when they, they put a harder compound tyre on? And then what happens if they're on that harder compound tyre that you can't get temperature in and we have a safety car and then they've got no chance of getting it going again? Exactly. We saw a lot of, uh, especially in first practice as well, a lot of cold graining as well um, when you know the drivers were sliding about so much that the tyres were just moving about and not getting any purchase on the gravel. They just, on, on the gravel, on the uh, asphalt, they uh, just started to grain up on the, on the surface, which is not an ideal uh, situation at all. Uh, some of the drivers managed to push through that. Uh, I remember Charles Leclerc talking about it on his on his front tyres, but he continued on on the set of softs that he was on and kept going, and uh, eventually sort of managed to start set some some decent times. Um, is, is that something that we're going to probably see again over the rest of the weekend? Are the conditions sort of looking 
rather the same as what they were today. Yeah, temperature-wise, it looks similar. There's a few showers scheduled in, but I'm not sure how long um, they will be or how regular or if they will actually come because F1's got this great habit of promising us, promising us a rain shower and then it doesn't arrive till after the race finishes. So I think it will be very similar. Um, but I think we've got a weekend where you know, drivers and teams won't be happy. So they'll be moaning tonight, I'm sure, in the FI driver's briefing. They'll be complaining that why was this track resurfaced? Total waste. It made our life really difficult. We wanted tons of grip. But what normally happens in these scenarios is the more uncertain teams and drivers are, the more they don't like the situation, the more they're having to um, deal with unpredictable stuff thrown at them the better race we get because it's not so predictable because we don't know how the tyres are going to go or how the strategy is going to unfold. So actually, for the fans watching at home, it could be the precursor to a, a brilliant Turkish Grand Prix simply because life's been made so difficult for the drivers and teams. It's almost like having the drivers and teams involved in the rules uh, isn't isn't such a good idea. Um, but that's, uh, I'm sure, a conversation for another podcast. Um but looking further down the times outside of that top five, which I mentioned previously, we had the two Alpha Tauris looking quite good again. And we've been talking sort of all season, really, between this battle between McLaren and Renault and Racing Point for this you know, very, very lucrative battle for third. Um, Alpha Tauris a little way off. It's just over, I think, 50 points-ish behind uh, the rest of those. But, John, do you foresee like a, a situation where they become the dark horse for this for this position can they build on this pace that they've shown over the last few races uh i think points wise i think they're too far back um i think um you know there's been a definite ramp up in their potential the second half of the season uh i spoke to daniel kiviat um after imola you know he had that great um safety car restart um got albon and perez into turn one and then pulled off that brilliant move past charles leclerc up at piratella he talked about since Spa, they they made some changes to the car. Uh, he was struggling with the feel from the steering wheel. He hadn't felt comfortable in it all season. Pierre Gasly had got in and was obviously reveling in how that car felt. But Daniel spent a bit more time to kind of understand what was going wrong. The team's worked hard to do it. And he's felt much more comfortable since Spa. A good step forward there, um, which he proved at Imola. So I think they can kind of get involved with that, that mix in terms of that front end of that midfield. But I think in terms of constructors' championship position... I think it's going to be too much of an ask to get ahead of Ferrari and definitely into that fight for third, fourth and fifth. Um, but they'll mix it on the individual races. And that fight for third place between McLaren, Racing Point and Renault, um, too close to call. It's going to fluctuate, uh, roll around and it may well not be decided by the pace of the car. It'll probably come down to which team can get two cars home each race. Um, and kind of it, the days when the luck goes your way whether your opposition is scoring with one car or two car as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very, very close. Just just one point in it as it stands uh, at the moment, which is incredibly close. It's amazing that we have had all of these races so far. We've still got teams that are basically level pegging. So it's it's going to be quite a, quite a battle over the next few races. Um, another bigger question, John, and I basically ask you this every week, and the answer is usually uh, no. But uh, So why do you ask me? <laughs> because i'm hoping that this is this is the time uh do we think <laughs> no. that given no <laughs> do we think given the way the practice has gone so far uh can a red bull challenge for pole john oh i probably won't go no this time actually because i i suspect that i think the teams are quite on the the back foot um this weekend i think it's, it's potentially asking 
um, for a different interaction between the chassis, the tyres and the track surface here because there's so little grip. We often see in the rain, for example, it becomes much more of an, a more level playing field um, in terms of kind of potential of the car and where the strengths and weaknesses are exposed. And I think, you know, the Red Bull pace today, both Max and Alex were both pretty strong with that car. Um, they've probably been well used this season to a really unpredictable rear end. Um, it's been, they've had, well, we've had 17, 18 races of it so far. So <laughs> one more race of a bit of an unpredictably handling car won't be as extreme as some somebody like Mercedes where the car's be much more settled and more on top of it. Um, so I think we could, like we saw at the Nürburgring, um, I think we could see, you know, a pretty decent fight between definitely Max Verstappen and, you know, maybe Alex, you know, could have a, a better weekend too. Yeah, he's, he looked uh, very, very close in FP1. He looked quite sort of a lot happier in FP2 than, than he has done. He was still a second off of Verstappen, but uh, he just seemed a lot happier in that rebel car throughout this weekend. John, you've mentioned that you spoke to Daniel Kvyat and you've also been speaking to the promoters for the upcoming Saudi Arabia Grand Prix, which will take place in Jeddah next year. Um, John, lots of talk about this Saudi uh, race, perhaps a little bit controversial among some quarters of uh, uh, of F1's fan base, if you like. But um, what, are you, what are your impressions? What, what did you discuss with the, the promoters and the people behind it? Yeah, it was a, it was a two-pronged um, discussion with the head of the Saudi motorsport federation so i mean first of all, we talked about the specifics of the track itself because it's a street circuit um he's confirmed that herman tilka or the tilka company is involved with the design of the track which uh normally fans aren't so happy when the, the tilka name is mentioned because some of his circuits have been um misses but other ones like istanbul have been hits so it's, it, has, it hasn't been um i think it's wrong to say that any tilka track is is no good because some of them have been good and streets tracks like Baku. Baku was a great circuit. So, um, but he was quite clear that you know they're not coming at this from the perception of we want a street circuit that looks very pretty on television or has a nice backdrop or shows off four landmarks that will you know make Jeddah a um, holiday destination. They want a track that's good for racing, is quick, has overtaken opportunities, and delivers a spectacle because they think that that's the best way to kind of showcase um, showcase the country, showcase the venue. Um, so hopefully we'll be there. So it's only 80% done so far. Um, but hopefully we'll, in a few more weeks, we'll get some more information on what the layout's like. And we also touched, um, you know, discussions about the human rights issues and fans not being so happy with the country. And they were quite open. They said they're well aware of what's happening there. But he says ultimately, you know, Saudi Arabia's trying to reform itself. It's trying to open itself out um, to the wider world. Um, and a lot of people's perceptions you know, come from how stuff's reported outside the country that often you're not, only when you go to visit these places or see these places first up, can you truly judge what they're like. So he was quite open that he said as a child, you know, he was scared of going to New York because he was convinced that, um, you know, it'd be gunshots on every street corner and you'd get robbed straight away. So he's aware that perceptions often don't meet with the, the reality of what countries are like. Um, so they're aware of it. And I think we'll have to, you know, remain open-minded about um, what the situation is like and what guarantees F1 have had that, um, you know, a lot of the the human rights question marks and um, the political issues um, have been resolved. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I was there for the um, Formula E race uh, last year, and it's it's, it's def- definitely sort of like a completely different 
sort of aesthetic different country that you would mm. you would usually visit in in the sort of motorsport circle if you like and also news that uh brazil will be carrying on with interlogos until 2025 i believe so that kind of put, puts an end to the the discussion over the rio race as well um but thank you very much john for joining me we can't wait to see what's going to happen over the rest of the weekend because we genuinely have absolutely no idea back to you alex well, thanks to John and JBL for their thoughts, and thanks to everybody listening. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out yesterday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis, and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to look and feel better together? Team up and lose weight with Nutrisystem's Partner Plan. Partners lose more weight doing it together, up to 20% more weight than doing it on their own. Get fully prepared breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and snacks delivered right to your door. Delicious foods that are ready in minutes. Now featuring new meals for two. Double portion meals served up in one package and designed for weight loss. Quick to prepare and ready to share. Get Nutrisystem's Partner Plan and lose weight together. Now with hearty inspirations dinners that control hunger for up to five hours exactly what you both need to feel full satisfied and energized as the weight comes off stop wasting money on diets that don't work and lose weight with nutrisystem's partner plan get started for as low as ten dollars a day go to nutrisystem.com meals right now and get a deal for two just go to nutrisystem.com meals expect to lose an average one to two pounds a week offer restrictions apply see website for details Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.